Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast, presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Give me the The one thing that you always want from your basketball team is to play as hard as they possibly can. Anybody that was here walked away and, and saw a great basketball game. I feel for the locker room. They're giving it all they have. I mean, this is a ranked team at home. That pretty much sums it up. I mean, it was a good ball game. If you're a Razorback fan, obviously the wrong team won. You could gripe about the refs when it was over and all that, but it was a good ball game. You can't fault Arkansas's effort. I think they, um, you know, they battled. I mean, they battled in that game on Saturday. Baylor did too, and it was a uh, it was a great college basketball game. And unfortunately for Arkansas, they came up a little bit short at the end. There are lots of reasons. You can always go back and break it down, and we're going to talk about that some as we move through the Give Me the Hawks Chuck podcast today. We're glad you're here. We start a new week. Hope you had a great weekend. It's going to be a busy week. We got football to talk about too from last night. We got a basketball game coming up tomorrow night, and. We will visit with Razorback legend Matt Jones, as we always do on Monday. We're presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and we are brought to you in part by Bet Saracen and the Bet Saracen app. All right, let's talk a little basketball as we get underway today. Razorbacks falling 67-64. to It's one of those games that, I mean, you look at the final stat line, and it's hard to imagine – any team other than Arkansas winning. I mean, you shoot 51%, the other guys shoot 34%. Turned it over a little too much, but it's not like you got creamed in points off turnovers. You were minus five there. Second chance points mattered. You were minus seven. Um, but those are numbers that you generally overcome when you shoot 51% and the other team shoots 34%. You can usually overcome being... Minus five and points off turnovers and minus seven and second chance points. May not be real easy, but when you shoot like that and the other team shoots like they did, generally you, uh, you, know, you win the game. But the difference was at the free throw line. And we can debate why, and people will. Baylor goes 21 of 24. Arkansas went 6 of 11. They shot 13 more free throws than did the Razorbacks. And at the end of the day, they make 21, Arkansas makes six. You know, that's a 15-point swing right there. So it's undeniable that when you add up the numbers at the end of the day, that that's where the difference was. Now, again, we can debate why. We can rag on the officials or we can say they were good calls or, you know, Arkansas missed some free throws at points where they could have made them. Um, but, you know, when you only get there 11 times, it's not realistic to say to someone, all right, you got to make all 11 or you got to make 10 of 11. You make 8 or 9 of 11 when you get that many attempts, you're a pretty good shooting free throw team. Um, you know, that um, 
Might have gotten him to overtime. I don't know. It was one of those games where you can could have, should have, would have yourself to death when the uh, when the game was over, when the night was over, and I'm sure they did. But now you got to write the. I mean, you got to you got to write your mind, so to speak, because you got to play tomorrow night. And A and M's not going to have any sympathy at all over what happened at Baylor. I mean, they played at home. They didn't play a Big Twelve Challenge game. They played Vanderbilt. They had to fight like crazy to win it. But they were coming off probably their biggest win of the year when they beat Auburn at Auburn and ended their home winning streak. And A and M seven and one in conference play. You can forget about the non-conference losses now. They don't mean anything. If you're basing your judgment of Texas A&M over the fact that they lost a non-conference game to a nobody in December, uh, that doesn't matter now. What matters is that they beat Auburn on Auburn's home floor and controlled the whole ball game. Really, from about the 10-minute mark for the final 30 minutes, it was Texas A&M's ball game. They did whatever they wanted to do. Um, they let down, obviously, at home against Vanderbilt, but they found a way to win. And they'll be sky high to come to Fayetteville. A&M does not win very often in Fayetteville. That's the one thing that I think the Razorbacks are one of the things that the Razorbacks have going for them against the Aggies. The other thing is that even though the results have not always been what we've wanted, nobody can say the Razorbacks do not play with the maximum effort. This was must post-game Saturday in Waco. Mikel Mitchell was supposed to be out over a week and a half to two and a half weeks. He misses one game and suits up and gives us great minutes on a bad ankle. Anthony Black is extremely banged up. He continues to suit up and put forth an incredible effort. Ricky Council, obviously, with the minutes he's played, has been banged up. Devo's been bothered by stuff and just really impressed with the guy's effort playing through stuff. We gave ourselves a chance to win against a really, really good team. All right, here's what was not said in that soundbite as he praised all these people for playing hurt. Nick Smith didn't play, and Nick Smith has not played. And I think there's the thought that, you know, certainly the hope that he will, but I think there's the thought maybe that, um, you know, he could be playing now. I'll just say it. I think that's what a lot of people believe across the Razorback Nation. In fact, I know they do because I hear from them, and you probably do, and everybody else does as well. You can hear the frustration, at least I can, in Eric Musselman's voice. Every time he talks about Brazil not playing, Smith not playing, every time he talks about the players who play hurt, I can hear the frustration in his voice. And he's frustrated because Nick Smith's not out there. Nothing you can do about Brazil. There's nothing you can do about that. But I know he's frustrated by that. I know a lot of people are frustrated by that. I have no earthly idea how all that's going to play out. I don't know that he does either. I mean, I, I honestly don't believe he does. I honestly don't believe he does. I think he's hearing news sometimes kind of like everybody else. He may hear it before us. In fact, he should. Something wrong if he doesn't. I'm sure he does. But um, I know it's got to be frustrating for him and you can hear it in everything he says that he's playing without all the bullets in his gun right now and I know people say that you know you got to coach what you got and when you say things like that you're making excuses and I know people say that and I I I hear people say that but um you know here's the reality I mean I would think and I don't know this I've never been a major college coach but I would think that the toughest part of the job is trying to manage the things that are beyond your control. 
And I think that's the frustrating part right now. Normally, when you have a player who is uh, coming back from an injury, trying to you know make sure that you know they they and I hate to use the term manage that injury, but you know as 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 they do that, they rely on their team doctors, they rely on their experience. They obviously put the best interest of the player first and foremost, but it's also about the team too. And sometimes you get in situations, and this era has made it this way, not just for our coach, but for other coaches too, you get into situations that are just beyond your control. And it becomes frustrating. And I can hear that in the words that he says. Now, again, the good news in all this is that Arkansas has an opportunity this week to get back to the 500 mark in conference play. They've got a home game tomorrow night. They're going to have to put Baylor behind them really quick. Whatever disappointment you got, it's got to be done today. It's got to be out of there. All your focus has got to be on Texas A&M. Texas A&M beat Auburn, as we talked just a few minutes ago. I mean, you got a big game coming up tomorrow night. So you got to find a way to, to put all this frustration from Saturday behind you and focus in on the task at hand because you could be back to 500 by the end of the week. And uh, that'll, that'll give everybody new life, and it'll make some of this stuff a memory but I know Saturday was frustrating because it was a game they could have won. And ultimately, uh, Baylor got out of there with a win. But should be a good one tomorrow night. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to being there if they can. Hopefully the weather will cooperate. And if it does, big crowd, probably a big crowd even if it doesn't. But certainly I know a lot of people are going to be paying attention tomorrow night. All right, before we talk to Matt Jones, I want to talk to those of you who are buying or selling a home or thinking about buying or selling a home and trying to decide who do I need to help me on this? Do I need anybody to help me on this? Let me tell you about my experience. I partnered with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, first to buy a home and then to sell a home. Both times their service exceeded my expectations. Here's the thing. We're all busy. We all have lives. We have jobs. We have families. And man, when you're buying or selling a home, that's a huge investment. Maybe the biggest one you'll ever make. And when you try to balance all the things you've got going on in your life with being a smart consumer, you really need somebody on your side that understands the game. Nobody's better trained than a Weikert agent. They've got the best training in the business. That allows them to understand the market in a way others don't. That allows them to be a great negotiator in a way others can't. And ultimately, as a buyer or a seller, it gets you from contract to close in the best position possible. And that's what they do every day at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. They've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, in Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've recently opened an office in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikerdGriffin.com. Give me the hogs, Chuck! Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, I see hands, and I see tear-stained faces, 
want to know what Matt Jones thinks about this. As we always do on Monday, we sit down with the Razorback legends. Matt, I thought Saturday Arkansas just played their guts out. And at the end of the day, Baylor won the game. Yeah, you got to tip your hat to them. Uh, man, I, I, I do. I, I like this team, this Arkansas team. They, they fight. They fight for in scrap for everything. Uh, really impressed with Ricky Council. Man, he, he looked like he was uh, All-American again. I mean, he, he really could get his shot off whenever he wanted to. Uh, but it was a weird game. I mean, you shoot 50% from the field, and, and, and I don't really – I feel like this is kind of a, a theme, but I don't want to really get on to the officials because you got to be able to adjust. But it's just a tale of two halves, it seems. You know, you get out there one half, and they let you play, and then the second half, it, it's like the – I don't know what they go in and do. It's just a difference. So you, you gotta you gotta have a little maturity that way because we need Jordan Walsh out there. I've, I've, I think I've always said that, and, and you're getting people fouling out. It's it's just tough to to get a rhythm going in that second half sometimes. You know, you look at the final box um, under the personal fouls column. Uh, of course, Walsh and Makai Mitchell fouled out. Graham and Mikel Mitchell had four when the game ended. Uh, nobody for Baylor had four fouls. Mm-hmm. Nobody at the end of the day had four fouls for Baylor. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the game was, you know, one-sided and it was intentional. But I mean, you look at the numbers at the end of the game. You mentioned it. Arkansas shoots 51 percent. Baylor shoots 34 percent. Um, Baylor got up six more shots. Arkansas turned it over a little more, but they're minus five in points off turnovers. That's not good. But I mean, you're minus 15 in free throws made, and you're, you know, you're you're minus 13 in free throws attempted. So, you know, it, it certainly, I mean, you look at the game, and you know this. I mean, modern basketball, for better or worse, I mean, that seems to be where the games are decided now. Yeah, you got you got to attack the rim hard. It just it seems like uh, as physical as – and I know we like to play physical, uh, but then it, it's just not consistent enough on both ends. They, they, they'll call a ticky foul, but then they'll, they'll like the dude just uh, runs over Anthony Black and it's like incidental contact. It's like, well, you know, you can't have it both ways. Uh, but I, I thought Graham looked uh, positive at time uh, well on the offensive end. He gets it and he's playing better defense, but he's, he's somebody that uh, the other teams have to stop. Maybe he can step it up. Uh, especially if Walsh is going to be hurt, but I, I like both of them in there. Then the Mitchell twins playing good, but Graham, if he can get his offense going, maybe give us that inside presence. Because our, our other bigs, the Mitchell Twins and Johnsons, they're they're rebounders first. They're defensive players. Uh, they're, they're not as skilled as Graham. Not to take anything away, they, they all kind of bring a little different thing to the table. But if you get Graham going inside, it, it, it does help uh, open up the jump shots for our jump shooters. Graham was 0 for 4 at the line, and that's the thing that I, 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 I think the coaches worry about. And i got to tell you, I mean, if I'm an opponent, and Jalen Graham gets the ball down on the low block. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 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 hack a shack yeah. at that point. I, I mean, I'm uh, I'm making him go to the foul line. He's shooting thirty five percent. I wonder, and, and Chuck, I had a little bit of that, and I, I played twenty years ago. But it's uh, some sometimes it's 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 a little mental. Like when you get the the pitcher that can't throw the pickoff move to first base or the the second baseman, the 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 catcher can't throw it to the second baseman when somebody's stealing. So I think it's just a little bit in his head. Uh, just keep working at it. It's what I'd say. You got to play with confidence, and but I'm with you, you because he's so skilled on the offensive end that if you foul him, uh, man, yeah, you, we got to hit our free throws. And and I thought for the most part, Chuck, we we were the better team on the floor. I mean, I, I thought up and down I the court. I thought so too. Yeah, I thought so too. Let me ask you this as a player: um, Can you gain confidence in a loss? 
Chuck, you you can uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you you hate. It's always better to win. Uh, the the thing is, and, and I've been on teams like that where you lose five or six. It kind of it kind of gets in the back of your mind. You can see it. Uh, players start going, "Oh, here we go again." Uh, another close game, and 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 you either kind of go one or two ways. You either start pulling all these close games out, or you or you start losing the close games. And and I think we're bordering. We're we're very close to the edge where. Man, it gets these close games. We might not win another close game all year if we don't figure it out a little bit because it, it can. It, that that uh, it's I, I I take it like when you play golf and and you play a skin game and and you could be up two after about seven holes and then the other team kind of gets going and that momentum goes and then they win three or four holes when you had it and you were cruising and doing everything the right way and. But but we're a young team and I and I, man I hate saying that too because you gotta you gotta quit being a freshman one day. You know, I thought this game came at really a bad time for Arkansas. They'd won two straight conference ball games. They got two conference ball games coming up this week. They're trying to get back to the 500 mark. I mean, the schedule is what it is. You can't control that, and I'm making excuses. What I'm driving at is that, um, you know, we all tend to focus on what's just happened immediately behind us, and certainly Saturday was that game. But you've got Texas A&M in here tomorrow night, and you've got South Carolina on the road Saturday, and a chance – by the end of the week, to be back to 500 in conference play. Baylor was a game that, you know, certainly from a, a seeding standpoint maybe down mm-hmm. the line was significant. But I'm of the mindset that if you can, you got to flush this thing as fast as you can because, you know, I, I know A&M struggled to beat Vanderbilt Saturday night at home. They pulled it out at the end, but I watched them play Auburn. And from about the 10-minute mark in the first half for the rest of the game, I mean, they owned them. And, you know, Baylor was a difficult loss, but, I mean, you don't want Baylor to beat you twice. You you, you got to come out and beat Texas A&M tomorrow night. Yeah, a and they're, they're playing with the chip uh, on their shoulder. Last year they were they were a hot team and, and didn't get into the tournament, so you know that's in the back of their mind is they got to have a good regular season, uh, in, in which I think they're, they're a tournament team for sure. And, and you get them – uh, twice in about a span of two weeks, and then you got to go to College Station in, in February. So, but it's, but it, it, you got to play the game in front of you. Uh, I like our guards, Chuck. I, I like Devo. I like Ricky. I like Anthony Black. And with those guys, man, I, I I do feel like we can beat any team in the country if those three are playing well. And we've only seen all three of them play well in a handful of games. So they figure it out, Chuck. Uh, it, the, it's not too late. They, they can get it going and uh, make a little run here and make a run in the SEC tournament. But it does, man. It's, it starts with Texas A&M. And they can get a victory at home, protect home court for the rest of the year, find a way to win a couple games. You still got to go to Kentucky, Bama, and Tennessee. Was surprised we beat Oklahoma. I mean, we should have some confidence. We went and pretty much beat Oklahoma the entire game. You see Oklahoma beat Alabama. Uh, so that that should give us some confidence going forward that we can beat any of the and, – and I don't think, Chuck, I do not think this team's scared of anybody. I, I think we'll play anybody anywhere – and that's just a testament to, to Coach Musselman and, and how much confidence he has and in, in, has in these guys. If there was any good news that came out of Saturday, uh, Arkansas, as you mentioned, is beating Oklahoma. Oklahoma beats the number two team in the country. Creighton beat Xavier. Um, those, are, those are things that are going to help Arkansas in, in terms of their net as we move along. Um, I realize that's not a lot of consolation coming out of that ball game on Saturday, but Again, it, it, it does – and I'll get your thoughts on this. I can remember at the first of January, as we get to the end of the month now, the first of the month we were talking about, you know, when Brazil 
you know, the reality of Brazil being gone and the reality that, that Smith, if he did play, probably wasn't going to play much. And we talked about how they were going to have to work through this during mm-hmm. the month of January. And it might not be real pretty uh, at times. And it wasn't real pretty at times. I don't think Saturday was an ugly loss. I think it was a hard-fought game that they lost. And sometimes that's going to happen. Do you get the sense that a month after all this that they're better suited now, that maybe, you know, they are what they are, but their feet are settled underneath them a little bit more, and and whatever that identity is going to be, they're starting to develop it. I do. I I think they're shooting the outside shot uh, as well as they have all year, uh, meaning the three-point shot. Uh, I I think they, they do have some identity. We know who our leaders are. We got our guards. Uh, the bigs are playing well enough. Uh, Jalen Graham's coming on. Uh, I, I love Ricky Council's game. I, I, anytime man man coverage, you you know he can get his shot off. He's so fun to watch that mid range game. Uh, Devo uh, playing playing the best defense I've seen him play here. Uh, Anthony Black a lot of times the most the, he's the most talented player on the floor. Now I know Baylor had a little guard that that could go. Um, but yeah, Chuck, they're, they're getting it together and, and this is the time to, to make a run. I, and I do, I, I think it starts, I think it started, I think it started with that Ole Miss game and, and they played that it could have very easily won that Baylor game. No, no question about it. And, uh, we're going to get on a run, Chuck. I, I think we're going to be all right. All right, let's wrap it up talking about leadership. That's one of those terms that everybody throws around. And it can mean a million and one things. I'm of the mindset that if this team's going to make a run, if they're going to do the things that we've talked about them doing today, Devo's got to be the leader of the team. Maybe not the best player, but he's got to be the leader of the team. His performance on the floor has got to dictate that leadership, and right now it is on both ends. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that that, that broad term of leadership and, and how it might affect things over the next six weeks. Yeah, Chuck. There's there's a couple ways to lead. I, I think the first way though is you got to be honest. You got to be true. You got to be authentic with yourself. Now you can be a loud leader, a vocal leader, uh, or you can lead by example. And and so there's those are the kind of the ways that I, that I know. But uh, there there's a couple different ways. But you got to be honest with yourself. And the thing with Devo, when you're going to be the vocal leader. Uh, you have to be a lead at something. You, you can't be on the bench or playing seven minutes and talking so much. And so the players respect that. He's the veteran guy. He's elite defensive guy. He he give, He's a maximum effort guy. So he can be vocal, and, and the team's response to that. So I, I think that's more of his his style. And then you got Ricky that's kind of quiet. Uh, and, and then the freshmen fall in line. And I know when I was a freshman, Chuck, I, I looked to uh, – Whoever was a veteran guy, if it was Brandon Dean, if it was Gennaro Pargo uh, on the basketball team, if it was Kenny Sandlin on the football team, but you need a, as a freshman, you almost need an upperclassman to kind of to be that vocal leader guy, and and then you can grow into it as as it goes. But you're you're right. I th- I think this team is they they do they know their identity now. I, I do think that's very true. And uh, with those three guards, Chuck, we we got a chance. Matt, I always enjoy talking to you. Enjoy listening to you on Halftime with Phil. We'll do that uh, during the course of the day today, during the course of the week, and thanks for being with us. Yes, sir, Chuck. I love it, too. Thanks, Chuck.
You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. As we are each and every day, we are brought to you in part by Bet Saracen and the Bet Saracen app. Hope you had a good weekend. I know there were a lot of people that were watching those playoff games and paying attention to that. Maybe you're one of those people who likes to put a little wager on that game that you watch. Well, you really need to download the Bet Saracen app. It's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app for a reason. And I know all of you want to be informed before you place that wager. Now, I know there are Vegas odds. I know about that. But I also know you've got to be in Vegas if you're going to bet those odds legally. And I know there are laws in Arkansas that prevent a lot of these national betting apps from operating in our state. So if you're going to be ready, you really do need to download the Bet Saracen app. They've got a great how-to-play video. They'll fix you up. They'll get you ready. The Bet Saracen app. Well, the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl is set. Kansas City. Defeat Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes, everything we thought he would be. And on the other side, Philadelphia just keeps on winning. You know, San Francisco, when Purdy went out, basically that was it. And, um, you know, San Francisco had a great run. Philadelphia, clearly the better team. Kansas City, out-dueled, outlasted, whatever term you want to use. They found a way to win the game. And um, should be a great Super Bowl. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on the weather. Uh, there should be basketball tomorrow night, as far as we know. Six o'clock's the tip-off time, and uh, we'll talk about it when we join you on Wednesday. Till then, thanks for listening. Give me an H. Give me an O. Give me a G. Give me an S. What's that spell? Give me the hugs, Chuck. <laughs> This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.